Hello, EKN Radio listeners. Welcome to the 19th episode of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howard alongside David Cole. Uh, Dave's kind of going to probably run with this one here because we are debriefing and doing the full breakdown of the WK Manufacturers Cup race that just was uh, was finished up at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. It's March 29th. That's our recording date. And we do want to thank our presenting sponsor for this weekend, Streeter Superstance. With decades of experience and an unbeatable reputation, Streeter Superstance leads the way in quality, innovation, and affordable lifts, stands, and an amazing selection of trailer and shop accessories to make you the envy at every event. From local club racers and regional warriors to the top pro tour teams, racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstands builds it. Roll with the best and shop online at StreeterSuperstands.com. Again, episode number 19 of our EKN Debrief. Things are we're kind of getting into a good groove here with the debrief, and of course, the launch of the EKN Radio Network earlier this year. Everything's settling in. We're all pretty comfortable with how things are going now. Again, once again, this debrief, a straight focused breakdown on one particular event. David's going to talk about the WK Manufacturers event. We're going to record another one tomorrow. We're all get a chance to talk about the Texas Pro Kart Challenge race that I was at down in Houston. But otherwise, this one is all about the event at GoPro, round number two of the WK Manufacturers Cup Series. March 23rd, 24th, 25th was the weekend this event rolled out. We'll welcome in David Cole with the fact that, David, I, I don't know about you, but in Houston this past weekend, it was 80 degrees. It was comfortable. It was, it was pretty nice up there in, in, the, in the Howden Tower at, uh, at Speed Sports. What was it like in Mooresville? You know, the the most common comment I got from around the paddock was, oh, it must be nice to be Howden sitting in Texas in that beautiful weather they have down there. It was pretty nice. It was It's humid, as, as we know. It was like 50, 60, 70% humidity. But for the most oh, part, terrible. even up in the – like we were having to work on the – you know, the air conditioner wasn't keeping up. Let's put it that oh, way in the announcing yeah. time. Oh, that's tough, tough How sledding. Was- Tough was sledding the there, Bob. Yeah. Oh, oh. Was the heater keeping up? I know, dude. Trust me. I feel for you because, I, you know, you're obviously posting stuff to, to social media, Facebook and Twitter. I'm doing the same thing from, from Texas. And every time I go on to post the results from the session I just finished calling, there's your post that you'd already put up of the guys out there in rains and, and people and, and jackets and how it looked like it was pretty miserable. I, we know that Carters are a pretty, uh, a pretty tough lot. But, uh, you know, for a late March race in North, uh, North Carolina, when you're hoping for better weather, that uh, it just couldn't have made for a good overall weekend. Well, the good thing about going into the weekend was the forecast said it was going to be cold and it was going to be rainy. So I think everybody had the preparation and the mindset going into the weekend that the weather was going to be crap. Uh, thankfully on Friday, it was a bit chilly, but at least the sun was out. So you had a little bit of warmth, you know, sitting out in the sun, but if you're under the tent working on the card, or, you know, if you're under the, the, the tent they have there along the front stretch, it was a bit chilly because what it was, was it was a lot of northerly winds that were blowing in our face, bringing the cold air yeah. down, especially because everything North of us was covered in snow. Uh, you had Martinsville <laughs> and, you know, Virginia and all that. You know, Tennessee, all the Appalachians were covered in snow. So all that cold wind was blowing down towards us in Mooresville. And, it, you know, unfortunately, it brought in some uh, some sleet uh, Saturday night and Sunday morning to where you could see snow actually gathering 
at the bottom of tents or on on top of cars. Wow. So thank. Well, well, you know, Dave. One one of the I was going to say. Thankfully, I was say, thankfully it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like uh, Pittsburgh where they actually had to cancel the event for for snow. Yeah. I was going to say it even when it's crappy like that, and the one thing about it, obviously it's, it's it's tough on people that are there. But personally, for me. I love seeing the drivers who are able to, you know, to be able to rise to the occasion when the grip level's low because it's because it's cold, it's wet. When you're driving in in the wet with rains on and it's cold and there's no grip, it's always cool to see which guys come to the forefront. Do you not think so? That that who's got the ability to handle the tough conditions? That's I love that part. Well, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the paddock pass and the race report. But yeah, thankfully, you know, it wasn't the on-off type situations that uh, catch a lot of people oh, yeah. off guard because it was, either, it was either wet or it was dry. So that was one thing we had going for it, except for on Sunday, we had a little bit of uh, uh, area where guys were taking chances that uh, they sh- probably shouldn't have. And it kind of cost them, but some recovered and some didn't. So um, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, again, like I said, it was, you know, Friday was, was dry. So that was great. Uh, you know, Saturday started out dry, but very cold. And then the the mist came, and then the, and a little bit of a downpour. It was nothing like what we've seen at GoPro before, so it wasn't a big heavy rain, but it, it just made things wet. And, and that's one track that doesn't quite dry when there's no sun. So that was that was a challenge uh, as we got through the rest of Saturday. But again, like I said, Sunday, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, it was it was like a freezing rain that came down. And, you know, made everything really wet for Sunday morning. But by, you know, thankfully all of that weather system uh, blew past and the sun came out Sunday. I mean, it was still cold because we had the wind, but, uh, you know, everything got moved over to dry tires and we got the pre-finals and finals in, in on dry conditions. So, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a challenging weekend, but, uh, you know, the officials and, and the competitors uh, muscled through it all. Nice to have that dry ending as well. You don't want to be packing up uh, soaking wet now. Obviously, tough weather. We always look to see, you know, Daytona's always strong for WK Manufacturers Cup. You're going to get good numbers. You know what's going to happen. The first race after Daytona, now we'll have a look and see what kind of numbers we're able to draw. Uh, give us a kind of a breakdown of the numbers you saw in some of the categories, your thoughts on maybe some of the surprises, maybe some of the disappointments in terms of how many numbers you were able to get out to the event. Well, I think we'll first start out with the disappointments, and that was in in the uh, Yamaha Senior and Yamaha Sportsman. Uh, Yamaha Senior had zero entries. Um, This is probably the first time they've ever had a WK Manufacturers Cup Series event with zero Yamaha Senior drivers, whether it be pipe or can or whatever type of senior piston port category that they've had in the series. So uh, that's obviously something that uh, the WK officials are going to have to look at uh, over the, over the season. You know, there, there, we had 14 in Daytona, but there could be a possibility of five here at Pittsburgh or, or some at Newcastle. You know, I'm not quite sure about New Jersey, but. Um, do you, Dave, it's, as a national series, do you not just shut it down? Is that well, not, is that not like if you if you can't draw anybody to one of the best tracks in the country? Do you not just shut it and down? And part of the problem is is there isn't a Yamaha class at that track. So um, mm-hmm. you know that's the one thing that WKA is is it's a feeder system where they get the clubbed racers to come out and race. Uh, you know, GoPro doesn't have Yamaha racers. There really isn't Yamaha racing in the Carolinas. Period. I don't even think Kershaw has a Yamaha class down there. So, uh, it, you know, part of it has to do with, you know, people didn't have the time to come and travel 
whether it be maybe they'll hit the uh, October GoPro event or they're waiting to go to Pittsburgh. That's that's kind of the problem you have with, you know, you kind of have to wait and see on the, on the category because, again, you can you can lump it in together with another category if you do get the one or two guys. But, you know, being being that WK is more of an amateur style um, organization, uh, yeah, I think you kind of have to, to ride it out through the rest of the year. I mean, we kind of had the same situation with Briggs last year where we had two drivers show up at, at Badger and Badger is of the back door for Briggs and Stratton. We had two drivers show up for it. So sure. uh, we kind of just kind of have to, I think, ride it out and see what happens. And obviously maybe project, you know, what we're going to do for what they'll do for 2019. Yep. That makes total sense. I'll let you, I'll let you keep going. A lot, of, a lot of categories to hit on. What what else do you think you want to hit on in terms of uh, the entries and, and the, the class numbers? Well, I think obviously with IAMI being a, a club class at GoPro, those classes were able to show good numbers. We had over 20 in mini, IAMI Junior and IAMI Senior, which is about, you know, where you want to be uh, for Manufacturers Cup Series event. You know, obviously the 40 numbers that they were at Daytona, it's a different situation being the only race that happens in December. You know, there's there's been a lot of racing going on in the first three months. We've we kind of talked about it off air, too. There's been a lot of racing and we went to a lot of races. So, uh, you know, not a lot, not everybody has the the budget right now to be able to travel to 10 or 12 events in the first three months of the year. Um, But again, back, back to the Yamaha category with Yamaha sports. And we only had five drivers when compared to 23 at Daytona. And, and that, that, that's the one category I believe that is partly because of the industry and just partly because, you know, again, there's not Yamaha racing going on there because, on the flip side, we had 10 in a Briggs 206 Cadet local option class. Well, Briggs and IME are the big cat, uh, engine manufacturers there at GoPro, and those are those are where the locals are coming from. Well, and that's I, again, I'll just make my comment. It's interesting, you know, when we talk about Manufacturers Cup being essentially a national series, um, you should be hoping to try to draw from regionals as opposed to drawing from clubs. But, you know, the WK rate doesn't have any divisionals anymore, right? There's no regionals really yeah. <laughs> to, to, to feed that. You want the club to feed the divisionals, the divisionals to feed the national. And with the lack of divisionals or absence of divisionals there, you know, you're going to have to rely on those clubs. You're right. That's interesting. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> That's another po- <laughs> But I digress. Yeah. Yes, you're right. But um, I, I will I will state yeah. that the Yamaha Junior category, which was one of the best classes we've had we had in 2017, was again one of the one of the top classes of the weekend with with 26 drivers. So you know it's it's a it, you know it's a bounce bouncing around uh, bouncing around pinball. Yeah, you know it's crazy because we know how great the Yamaha engine is. It's it's old technology as we know, but it's also new equipment. People are still building them, and it's a great engine. It's it's affordable and. You and I always talk about it, and we're surprised that it doesn't have uh, as much of um, support as it, as it could, especially you know on a national level event like the Manufacturers Cup. All right, we uh, we're done with the initial overview. David's given us a little look at the weather, uh, what kind of uh, weather climate they had to battle through when they were down there. Uh, we look, took a look at the turnout. After this break, we're going to come back, and David's going to hit the paddock pass, give us some of the good information, some of the stuff that happened off track at the WK Manufacturers Cup event at GoPro Motorplex. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves, to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, 
K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. We have an incredible lineup of K1 karting suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry-level GK2, the new Apex 2, and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then, choose from our Apex and RS1 karting gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, you're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but is easy on the wallet as well. We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit k1racegear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to episode number 19 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. We are breaking down the WK Manufacturers Cup Series event, event number two from GoPro Motorplex on March 23rd, 24th, 25th. Uh, Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Of course, David was trackside doing the full broadcast and and uh, producing the, the live stream as well with Eric Brennan. Uh, David, let's move into the Paddock Pass brought to you with this episode by Comet Racing Engines. What uh, what was the take? What was the feel in the paddock uh, for this particular event? Well, of course, the weather was the biggest topic. Uh, you know, it kept everybody on their toes, both the drivers and the mechanics. Um, you know, we had the, uh, like I said, the transition from dry to wet on Saturday, and then Saturday was wet to dry. So it was it was kind of a cat and mouse game. It was like, okay, who's going to go when? You know, uh, fortunately, on Saturday when when the rain did come, we had uh, the Omaha Sportsman class on track. They were all on slicks. Uh, but when the rain did come, you know, they, they cut them off after the halfway point and then gave uh, the next class, which was IME Junior, some time to uh, to switch over to, to uh, rain tires. So that was a nice, uh, nice little uh, transition between the dry and the wet. Other than that, you know, it, it stayed pretty much wet throughout the uh, throughout the day Saturday. Uh, Sunday was a different story because qualifying hit, hit and the track kept getting drier and drier in certain spots. The, the, the downfall was, is from the, from the grid, you can't really see the far end of the track and the, the, the lowest part of the racetrack is turn four after the long back straightaway. Turn four had a lot of water streaming across it and causing it to be a very slick corner, which in turn made it and nearly impossible for dry tires to go around. So those who, who, who tried to play the gamble of going to uh, slick, you know, the slick tires and qualifying, they paid the price and they, they were not able to, uh, to qualify as well as the uh, wet tire tire guys did. Interesting. Very, you know, you always want to roll the dice because inevitably somebody's going to make that one call where where everybody else is on wets and somebody's on dries and they 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 end up being the rock star the hero uh, but it doesn't always happen that way does it 
No, and, and I was surprised at some of the names that did it. Uh, Ashley Rogero was one of them. She she's a local driver. She I would have thought knew knew more. Along with Blake Hunt, uh, both of the, both of them and Miami Senior uh, went with a gamble. Uh, ben Mayer, uh went with a gamble going on slicks, and and the micros just aren't heavy enough. I don't think to to really make a difference between wet tires or dry tires on, on the, on the conditions that it was. And, yeah. and he, he went off the track. Uh, so, you know, he was, he was one of them that, that the, the gamble didn't pay off. And, and really Yamaha junior was the only one we saw somebody on dry tires qualify well. And it was, it was, they just happened to catch the track at the right condition and be able to maneuver around that turn four situation because uh, that you know some of that water still remained uh, at the end of the day was sitting at the apex of the corner, so it was a uh, it was a bit wet. <laughs> but uh, um, paddock wise, what what was the feel in the paddock? What did it look like? You know, and that you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, WK kind of is the the top level amateur program. You know, it, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a national, but you know, as we all know, WK is mainly on the East Coast. So it's it's one of the premier racing series you want to be in on the Eastern Coast. Um, but what was different from this event than what we've seen before is there wasn't the big haulers. It was more of a family atmosphere. A lot of families just, you know, in the in, you know, the the smaller trailer with the easy up out the back and obviously the walls around it trying to keep warm and everybody blowing yeah. heaters in, but um uh, you know, it kind of had that family atmosphere, and I think that's that's one positive. I think that WK can really, uh, really bank on. You know, because a lot of we're seeing, you know, a lot of the the bigger teams, you know, stick with Scusa and or going to USB Chaos here in a couple of weeks as well. So I, I I think that's something you know again that WK can kind of nurture. Uh, that mm-hmm. it, it's more of a a family series where you can be a club guy come up with your easy up or even out the back of the, of the pickup truck, you know, like we've, we've talked about before. So, uh, you know, that, that was one thing I noticed, uh, you know, going around through the paddock when I wasn't keeping warm in the uh, scoring tower. Um, (laughs) Hey, you know what? I had a question for you too. You know, we, you know, I obviously wrote the article on changing the culture of racecraft. You and I know that we've got a bunch of great guys who are offering the art of racecraft articles that we're going to be, pumping out on the website starting early next week. Uh, we already have a couple here in the hopper ready to go. You know, you know what was the race craft like? What, what was your feeling on, on the starts? What was your feeling on just the, the racing itself? Yeah, that was going to be my, kind of my next point. Um, you know, there really wasn't too much rough driving out there. You know, obviously in rain racing, you get, you get guys sliding into each other. So it's, it's not the, you know, the bonsai moves. It's just, you know, some guys are, are a little bit more, have a little more car control in in the wet conditions than than they do in the dry, so uh, or vice versa, I should say. But uh, you know the starts uh, with the cutoff that they they were using right there at the middle of the main straightaway, the fields were coming in a lot slower, and so they weren't able to punch off, you know, uh, earlier. And the some of the, and the and the uh, uh, fl- head flagman kept the uh, the pole sitter and the off pole guys and the whole, pretty much the whole field kind of off sync on when he was going to throw the green flag and when he wasn't. So, um, you know, the mix up of, of throwing the green flag, the, the slow starts, uh, I think there were maybe one or two incidents throughout the whole weekend in, in, in the opening corner. So, um, so that, that was really good. And then, and then the racecraft part of it, there, there was not very, there wasn't any really 
bad moves nice. that I would call poor racecraft. So again, I think everybody kept their heads on and that's what it kind of boils down to is the drivers keeping their heads on and, and performing to the level that they can. You know, obviously people made some mistakes here and there, and there was some contact here or there, but nothing that was extraordinary that was uncalled for, I would say. Nice. I like, you know what? So you want to hear, it doesn't matter. Obviously the very top level of the sport in terms of the, of competition and money spent, we're seeing that, you know, the SCUSA levels, the, the, the winter tour levels where there's some really pretty rough, rough driving. I don't care where the change begins. Uh, whether it's WK, USPKS, I know we'll talk about it in our next debrief. The racing was really pretty good at the Texas Pro Kart Challenge as well. There was a couple of bonsai moves. Those guys got hit with some big penalties. And, you know, that's what you have to do. And I think I, I think you'll agree, if you can have a positive coming out of the event where there was some good racing, that thing's good. that's going to, you know, it's just going to start steamrolling, I think, where people are going to realize they're going to have to race cleaner. And I like that. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, it was good. I think that we only had one major scare, one major incident, and that was just kind of a, you know, carts, you know, we had actually two of them, uh, cart sitting in the middle of the track and, and drivers coming up to the wreck, just going the wrong way. One of them was Ben Mir in the, uh, Briggs 206 cadet category, uh, just, just didn't quite clear a cart enough room and just slammed, slammed it with a rear tire and kind of bent up some things and, and kind of got tossed around in the cart, but, uh, you know, was able to walk away. Another one was Caleb Bacon, I believe, on Saturday. Just, just, just hung a wheel, uh, and a lot of guys were hanging the wheel off in 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 the uh, turn, the fast turn heading towards the hairpin. So uh, he was stuck in the middle in the car, and one of the other drivers just made the wrong move and and just kind of nailed him almost flat on. Ouch! I always, I always see, hate to see that. You know, when you and I are up in the tower and I'm announcing a race, or you're watching it. You can see it happen, you know, because we're watching so many different parts of the racetrack. You can see somebody spinning. You can see everybody else coming from barreling in. And again, that's when, you know, it's, that's not even a yellow flag deal where the yellow flag's flying and people are driving through the yellow flag at full full pin, which we've seen many, many times where guys aren't even lifting on a yellow. It's just when you're involved, you're coming out of the corner. You know, there's no way you can see a flag and the guy in front of you goes around. Contact's going to happen. This is motorsports. And uh, that's that's just something. That, that's not racecraft. That's just racing. Yeah, but at least there was no uh, ambulance. The ambulance never left, so that was a good thing. That's what I like to hear. All right, that's David Cole's Paddock Pass brought to you by Comet Racing Engines. After this break, we're going to come back. Dave's going to start working his way uh, class by class. We'll break down the events that happened this particular weekend at the GoPro Motorplex and the WK Manufacturers Cup Race. Stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Debrief. Praga, Formula K, Aero, and now Kart Republic. You can get them all from Kartsport North America. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on site at GoPro Motorplex, Kartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. We offer full retail sales, cart service and storage, and the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. We are now an importer and distributor for Dio Chiesa's new Cart Republic chassis, a cart that is taking the world by storm. Lorenzo Travisanuto won the Scusa Winter Series X30 Senior title on a Cart Republic, and our own Brandon Jarsakrak won in his very first weekend on the chassis. Don't get left behind. If you want to take your racing to the next level, we have driver training and coaching programs available, trackside at GoPro Motorplex. We have a massive inventory, 
So head to our online store at www.cartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components you need. While you're there, check out our used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Cartsport North America. Top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development. Give us a call today. Welcome back to episode number 19 of the EKN Debrief, one of our breakdown episodes on the EKN Radio Network, our full podcast lineup continuing to grow grow throughout the 2018 season. We've got an Operation Grassroots uh, interview that we've got ready to prep. That's coming out or will have already come out, I believe. Uh, We've got another one coming. We have an Industry Insider uh, lined up for next week as well. A lot of great podcasts coming here on the ECAN Radio Network. Again, Rob Howden kind of quarterbacking it here, but David Cole giving us the primary information as he was trackside in Mooresville, North Carolina for the second round of the WK Manufacturers Cup. David, let's talk racing. Let's move into the race report brought to you this particular episode by IAMI USA. Let's, uh, let's kick things off with IAMI Senior. Great category. And as you said earlier, uh, a decent turnout of drivers as well. I think 23 in the senior category. It was a decent turnout, and we had some quality drivers in the field. Uh, No more or no – it was – you know, you kind of was looking at the field, and you kind of had a handful of drivers you thought were going to be in contention throughout the weekend, and and those were the drivers that we really saw uh, racing out the front all weekend long. Uh, Brandon Jarzakrak being one of them. Uh, able to score victory in the wet on Saturday, uh, able to run away from Austin McCusker and Austin Garrison. Uh, Garrison had a, started a little bit further back. Being a Florida driver, you would expect him to be good in the wet, and 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 he was. <laughs> uh, got his uh, Fullerton up to the third spot uh, after starting uh, further back in the field after some issues in the heat races. But uh, you know, in the wet, you know, Jarzakrak really showed uh, showed the home track knowledge. Uh, on the cart Republic. And uh, so now he's got a win in the wet on the cart Republic and a win in the dry back uh, from the Scusa winter series. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, right. and then uh, Sunday in the dry conditions, again, Jarza crack was up there. McCusker was up there with a pre-final win. Uh, Ryan Rafa, very fast all weekend long, uh, actually led in the final, but uh, it ended up being Austin Garrison again, that, uh, that shined in the, in the final. And he was able to work his way up to the lead and uh, maintain it to the checkered flag to earn his first uh, uh, WK win uh, with Fullerton, uh, also earning four straight podiums. So Garrison is definitely in the contention for the championship after the first two events with four straight podiums, something no other driver has right now. Yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, and we, you know, we've watched Austin for, Austin for many years. What he's been able to do, uh, a top talent. Uh, interesting, he's on that. You know, the, the cart that they're really trying to make a big push on here in the U.S. That's the Fullerton. Uh, uh, was he running again with uh, with Nitro Cart under uh, under Tucker's banner? Yep, Fullerton and and the Nitro Cart program, you know, are kind of synced uh, throughout this year. They were together in Daytona, uh, and I expect them to be together uh, throughout the WK whole WK season. Um, they had, a, obviously being at their home track, a number of drivers on the Fullerton chassis in, in both IME categories. Uh, so that that was that's obviously a, a program with Garrison there. Uh, they're definitely getting a lot of feedback, and I think it's helping a lot of the other drivers that are under the tent with the Fullerton. Nice, nice. Uh, but going. yeah, well, so uh, uh, again, this, one of the stars and one of the gamblers that I mentioned earlier was Ashley Rogero. Uh, went out on slicks and qualifying, didn't quite pay off. Had to drive her way through the pre-final, 
and then drove her way forward again in the final and was able to come back to get a runner-up finish, uh, working past Rafa for the uh, second spot on the podium. But again, Rafa, very fast all weekend long, and uh, I think that's one of his uh, first podium finishes in uh, in the IME senior category. Nice. Keep going. What's next up? Okay, I thought you were going to give me a little lead-in or something. Give me a break. Okay, Come on. Want- I'm not an announcer. I can't Sorry. talk all the time, damn it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, straight from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Put your hands together for David Lee Cole. Uh, just just kind of give me a little break here. Let me catch my breath, man. All right. All right so you know, so I, no, listen, you're right. I do this for a living. I talk nonstop for a full day. I realize I'm making you struggle here going 30-second increments, and I, I I feel bad for you. Like that. You're obviously a commercial artist, not a – I am. You, know, you want to go straight through. I am. <laughs> All right. David, let me set you up Thank here. Thank you. Uh, I am a senior. Uh, a great thing, the fact is we always see these good names. WKA, Scusa, whatever it is, there's there's that core group of really awesome, badass drivers that show up. And when Ashley O'Hara shows up too, you know that's just going to take things to another level. Uh, interesting, something we'll be watching, I think, this year, coast to coast. And that's going to be the growth of KA100, the new IAMI uh, power plant. We're seeing some of it over on the West Coast as well. The KPX guys are starting to bring it in to, to offer a two-cycle program uh, aside, along with their you know their huge 206 turnout. Uh, KA100 on WKA, talk about, you can talk about the racing itself, but also just maybe the overall feel of what people are saying. What's, you know, what's the chatter about the KA100 on Man Cup? Well, with, with Man Cup, it, again, it was, it's a different uh, monster because it's brand new to the organization. And not a lot of the clubs are actually running it yet. So I think they're kind of feeding off, you know, what GoPro has going and some of the tracks in the Midwest that are planning on running it uh, in 2018. And of course, those who ran it in 2017, very limited is to the racers in the USPKS program. So this, this year is going to yeah. be obviously a little different and it's going to, it's going to be a growing category. And I think, I think people are jumping on board with it because again, it it's, it's something faster than a Briggs. It's not quite doesn't quite beat you up like a, a X30 will. And the maintenance is uh, relatively simple. Yeah. Is it, is you think the KA is the thing that's beaten up on the, on the Yamaha? I think it, it, it's gotten a few drivers away from the Yamaha to the KA 100. But again, we, there, neither of them have the feeder program. Like we, like he's, it's hard, it's hard to project that yeah. because X, everybody's racing X30 all over the country. The K100 is just now getting its life. You know, USPKS brought it on last year. Now everybody else is jumping on board this year. So it's it, it, it's growing. Ten, ten, 10 drivers this weekend, you know, most of them were from GoPro. So it's going to be uh, interesting, interesting to see what the numbers are as we move to Pittsburgh and New Jersey. I think Newcastle will draw in some big numbers because it is Newcastle. And it'll pull in some of the guys from Route 66 and USBKS. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Anyways, how, how was the racing in KA? As, anyways, 10 guys, as you said. Uh, how was the racing? Give us, give us a breakdown. Well, in Daytona, it was Colin Neal who was able to, to sweep the weekend, uh, leading all sessions. This time was a little different, but we still had one driver that, uh, that was able to win both in the wet and the dry, and that was Blake Hunt. Uh, again, on the Fullerton, was able to score his first two career WKA career victories, uh, giving Fullerton two wins in that category. So you add in Garrison, so that was three wins 
uh, on the weekend for Fullerton. So it was a, a pretty successful weekend for them. Uh, Daytona winner Neil uh, finished second on Saturday, but uh, really struggled uh, in the main event on Sunday. Not quite sure if he had an issue or not. I wasn't able to speak with him, but uh, he was in the hunt early on and then just slowly fe- uh, fell back. Um, uh, local driver Taylor San- Stanford finished third on Saturday, and he was a guy that was pressuring Hunt uh, Sunday throughout the main event. It looked like he might have had enough to get by him, but uh, Hunt had just kept him back enough to where uh, he was able to reach the checkered flag first. Uh, Emery Lida completed the podium on Sunday. Uh, the Merlin driver, uh, another local, but uh, he's one I expect to see uh, challenging uh, for more podiums as the season goes on. You know what I love, David, and I think we talk about this a lot, and we we – I think we we do it because we want to motivate people to actually do this. And that's, I love seeing the local guys come out and take on the national guys when a big series comes to town. I, it, I know that in my, my first five years of racing, I always go back to the first five years of racing. That's when I was core, hardcore racing, you know, 16, 17, 18 times a year before I started Shifter Card Illustrated, which I thought was going to allow me to race more. And I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> I ended up just working on the, mag- the magazine instead. But during those first five years, anytime a big race came to my club, I was racing in it. Like I couldn't, I, I, it surprises me when we're at events, whether it's a Coda race or a Scusa race or, or WK, or whatever. And all the local guys don't say, I know it's, co- I know it costs more, but I want to go try it. I want to go challenge myself against these guys. I want to go show them that I have local knowledge and, you know, I, I want to battle these guys just like the world of outlaws guys do when, you know, the world of outlaws rolls into a, a home track and the, you know, the home track champion, he's going to go out there and try to challenge the big dogs. I don't know why more guys don't come out and do that. And to hear you talk about Taylor Stanford and Emery Lida, some of the local guys coming out to run, I love that. Because I think if you want to be better, the only way you do it is by challenging yourself. Running around up front and kicking everybody's ass at your club is all nice. It puts trophies in your office. But if you want to get better, run some regionals, run some nationals, especially at your home track, and challenge yourself. Yeah, right? yeah I think that's something we see a lot at GoPro and Newcastle and some of those yeah. clubs that have – the the bigger numbers and the in not necessarily more talented drivers but the more uh like you said drivers who are wanting to go get challenged to be challenged so uh yeah, yeah we'll see yeah. that more at probably Newcastle they lean them they, they lean that way they, they have that belief that yeah you know what you're going to come onto my home turf you're going to have to beat me i know you're one of the best in the country but you know let's let, let me see show you what i've got running on my home turf i i, I think that's huge um Let's move into Miami Junior. You talk, you know, obviously we're a couple in here. We're talking about how challenging it was with the rain and then the dry. And and I I personally love it when I, I see micro, mini, and junior parents getting their kids out on a test day when it's raining. Uh, you know, not packing up because it's raining. They stay out there and keep practicing because I think if you want to be good in cars or carts, let's say you're going to be a lifetime carter, which I think is fantastic, you better know how to drive in the rain because you're going to come to a weekend like you just had and you're going to suck unless you've practiced in the rain. So to see these juniors, the Miami juniors, and going further down to Yamaha Junior, Mini Swift, Micro Swift, to see these kids get challenged in this kind of weather, so huge for their development. It is. It was. And and there were a lot of drivers that uh, seemed to perform better in the wet than they did in the dry. So that's that's always uh, encouraging to see because you, you know that uh, they, they understand the racecraft when the conditions are a lot challenging. A lot more challenging than than your typical dry weather uh, racetracks. So, but uh, 
yeah, again, the, a lot of the guys, though, in the IME senior and junior category that were fast in the wet were, again, fast in the dry. So it, it just, again, it takes you, you know, keeps push motivating uh, these drivers to continue to put the laps in and try and improve uh, each time they hit the racetrack. So tell us uh, which guys stood up. Who was uh, who scored the wins? What were the, what the podiums looked like? Who uh, who impressed you in Miami Junior? Well, Tyler Ferris did a phenomenal job in the wet. Uh, it looked to be like it was going to be Polly Massimino holding the home track knowledge, uh, racing out there in the wet in the uh, Cart Republic cart. But uh, a slight error cost him some time. Ferris was able to to capitalize it, get around him, and then from there just kind of walked away. Uh, to the victory, so it was a it was a big win for Ferris. Uh, obviously, anytime you can win in the wet, it's a, it's a solid performance. Uh, Luca Mars, fast lap of the race, was able to to climb up to third after uh, some challenges in the heat races. So uh, those three completed the podium, and we turned to the dry conditions, and it was the same three guys you thought were gonna were gonna be there uh, challenging for the victory, and it ended up being. Uh, uh, Mars that stood out uh, on Sunday. So uh, Mars switching back over to the FA cart, um, mm. getting away from the energy. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's just so much more just to, to try something or, or to get more familiar with, with the junior cart again. Uh, we know he's been working over the last year on, on, on racing junior, junior size carts. Uh, yep. so, um, just, you know, talking with, with them, uh, they made this transition and obviously it felt good for them because uh, Sunday they just kind of walked away with the final. Uh, everybody was fighting for second place, uh, in the opening corners and Mars established a solid lead, never put a wheel wrong and drove to the checkered flag. But, uh, nice. the fight for uh, second place ended up between, uh, Caden Wharf and Connor Ferris. Those two, uh, went back and forth and ended up being Wharf for second, Ferris for third. But uh, Tyler Ferris struggled in qualifying. He was one of those guys that uh, had, I believe, had an engine issue, maybe water in the engine or something, something to that effect. Uh, it affected him in the prefinal as well, so uh, he wasn't able to challenge uh, Sunday for for any of the uh, podium spots. But over the last four rounds, we've had four different winners in this category, so it's mm-hmm. going to be a, a pretty good championship chase. I like that. I love the fact that you got four different winners. I think that's big. I think that shows the. Uh, spectrum of talent that we have coming up in the manufacturer's cup uh i like it i think uh again the challenge of the wet and the dry i think is big but to see that many different winners i can't wait you guys get to the next round to see who steps it up again i love seeing that kind of equality that kind of spectrum of winners because it just changes everything everybody's got a feel everybody's really emotionally invested and everybody else wants to be that fifth winner and sixth winner so when you guys get to the next race it should be it should be solid uh let's Wrap up the first half of our race report brought to you by IAMI USA with a look at uh, Yamaha Jr. Obviously, a number of the same names are going to be running here. I see uh, Worf and Ferris both in this category as well. How things go in the junior category for Yamaha? Yeah, Worf and Ferris were, were pretty much the, the two top guys in the, in the category th- throughout the weekend and in both conditions. Uh, Worf just just seemed to have the uh, the rain skills to, to get away from everybody, and he just he just ran out with a with a big victory on Saturday. Uh, Tyler Ferris ended up finishing second. Donald Wharton was was third. Uh, those same three were back at it on Sunday in the dry, uh, racing for uh, for the lead uh, throughout the week throughout the day. Uh, Wharf and, and Ferris were back and forth with Wharton right there. Uh, Wharf just made one mistake, and I like I mentioned earlier, there was a big puddle sitting in inside of turn four uh 
And we got a great image of it on Facebook if you want to go check it out. Uh, Worf <laughs> just happened to drop his right front tire in the, into the puddle. And that sent him uh, spinning around in turn four. And that allowed both Ferris and Wharton to drive away. And those two battled that out for the victory. And Wharton came across uh, as the victor, scoring his first series victory uh, over Ferris. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Patterson rounded out the podium. And Worf ended up actually getting back to fourth. So uh, it was a good recovery for him uh, after that slight little mistake. Obviously, great racing in those four categories. We already broke down for you. Miami Senior, K8100, Miami Junior, and Yamaha Junior. After this next break, we'll be back. David's going to talk about Mini Swift, Micro Swift, uh, Yamaha Sportsman, Briggs 206 Cadet. We'll cap it off with Kid Kart, which is back as a championship class on the Manufacturers Cup. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. The 2018 season is just around the corner. And Trinity Carding Group is fired up and ready to take up the challenge. We're a full-service racing operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. We utilize Tony Kart, OTK, and IANI products, and we're your source for Avinco Tires in the Midwest. For 2018, we have Arrive and Drive race programs available for the Supercarts USA Winter Series and the Pro Tool. WK Manufacturers Cup, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. If you have your own equipment, we can provide the trackside support you need to take your program to the next level. If you're interested in running with a professional team with full support, coaching, and hospitality, give us a call. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We pride ourselves on our professional approach and our positive attitude. Driver development is a big part of our program, and if your desire is to graduate into Formula Car Racing, we are the official karting feeder operation for Team Pelfrey, the championship-winning junior formula squad on the Mazda Road to Indy. If IndyCar is your ultimate goal, we can help pave the way. Let us build a custom race program for you. If you're new to the sport or a seasoned pro, we can take care of your kart racing desires. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycartinggroup.com. Welcome back to episode number 19 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole breaking down the recent WK Manufacturers Cup event at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville. March 23rd, 24th, 25th was the date. Uh, we'll have obviously have the breakdown here on the EKN Radio Network. We'll be putting it up on the iTunes podcast soon here as well. David, let's jump into the second half of the race report, which is brought to us this particular episode by IAMI USA. Mini Swift, uh, great numbers in the Mini Swift class. Still 21, down from Daytona. We, we knew that. Daytona's that race that so many people go to because it's Daytona, because it's before the start of the year. Nobody's raced for you know a couple of months. Uh, 21, though, pretty solid outing in Mini Swift. And, and give, us a, give us the insight on, into some of the cool stuff that happened in that category. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Um, I just had a cough, <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure I didn't get on air. Um Good. But again, it, like uh, you, we, uh, like we talked about uh, before, this was another category that had a lot of locals because, again, IAMI being a, a club tra- a club class, uh, a lot of mini Swiss were there, a lot of them local. 
Uh, Nitro Kart obviously having a little bit of an advantage being at their home er, home racetrack, scoring both victories. Uh, the first one was in the wet with uh, Thomas Anunziata. Let me get that. Let me try and get Anunziata. Anunziata. I just want to try and get that right. I got it right, I think. I like that. So. Hey, how did Brennan do great? How did Eric, Eric did great? Eric did great. Eric. Eric had a few names that he had some questions on, but you know we 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 fixed it up real quick. But uh, of course, I did the same thing in Texas. Don't worry, I had a couple guys coming to make sure. Yeah, it's first time there. You got a lot of names. You got to work on it. Thomas Anunziata. I like that. It's a good yeah. Name. So he was uh, he was able to get away from everybody in the wet. Uh, had Michael Geeson on on the wrenches for him this weekend, and and uh, Geeson not no stranger to the wet weather. Uh, knew exactly how to get that nitro cart working and got uh, got Thomas up front and nice. Thomas got away from everybody for his uh, first WK win. Got to love that, uh, right? That first big WK national win. That's big. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I think, you know, he's that's definitely going to help him moving forward because, again, he was another driver that you would see kind of mid-pack, uh, you know, not really showing any any strength to move forward. But, you know, always right there in the mid-pack. But, you know, this mm-hmm. weekend he was right there both in the dry and the wet. So um, so it was good to hey, good see. Confidence, good confidence builder, right? Exactly. Every, and as a driver, you need it. And, you know, we're, we're no stranger to that. <laughs> well, we, had, we, we haven't brought the lineup, David. And that's the one thing at the very top we probably could have said, and we'll bring it up now because it, it, it's, it plays well for Thomas. Rain's the great equalizer. Right, we always talk about the fact that when it's wet, it doesn't matter if you have more horsepower. It doesn't matter if you have a better, uh, better chassis setup. You know, chassis plays a little bit of a role, but it's more driver, right? So if you're a kid that's it's, it's you're battling a bit in the dry and you're mid pack and you're trying to learn more how to carry corner speed, that's great. But if you can perform in the wet, that means the talent is there. I think we always say that that the rain is the great equalizer, and it's all about that right foot and all about the the, the, the steering input. So I'll give kudos to Thomas. To be able to do that against that, that level of field, that's something he needs to take and say, you know what, I can do this and transition it over to his dry uh, dry racing as well. It also shows who's overstuck too, because <laughs> those who are overstuck in the dry are super fast in the wet, right? That's true. That's very true. Good point. So, uh, but uh, yeah, rounding out the podium was uh, Brent Cruz, uh, Daytona winner. Uh, was able to uh, overcome some issues in qualifying and work his way up through the field to get to second. And then Jimmy Lockhart uh, earning his first WK podium in third. Sunday uh, turned out to be obviously dry, as we said, in the pre-final final. And Brent Cruz being his home track, numerous laps there, uh, just dominated in the Sunday final. Again, we saw drivers fighting it out for second place, allowing the leader to pull away. And again, that's just... Early on in a race, that's just you know again racecraft. You you cannot let don't the, get me started. Cole. You cannot let the leader get away because Cruz got out to a nine second advantage. You know you would think after how many times how many how many times have to talk about this? Don't let the leader get away. Stop battling early again. Man. Racecraft. <laughs> so yeah, Thanks. so it was a good it was a good uh, double win for Nitro Kart with with Thomas and and Cruz. Uh, the fight for second ended up becoming, you know, a, a good battle throughout the race, obviously. But uh, Mateo Rubio Luengo scoring uh, second place in the Bennick, uh, a Daytona winner. So that's going to help his points championship chases there. And then uh, Raiden Nickel uh, on a Tony cart, actually, uh, scoring his first WK podium. So uh, it was good. Solid. It was good. Uh, Micro Swift. And again, Nitro cart. 
Uh, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was a pretty good weekend for them. And then Fullerton, obviously they, they picked up a lot of hardware. Uh, Ben Mayer's Ben, Ben Mayer is no stranger to picking up hardware because I think every race he's entered, he, every race weekend he's entered, he's at least won one race. Uh, the, the wow. WKA races now he's won four. Uh, you've won two at Daytona and then you add in this weekend, he won another two, one in the dry, one in the wet. Uh, just, just a astounding performance, especially on sat on Sunday, because again, like I said, he was one of those drivers that, uh, qualified on slick tires, trying to, trying to go for it, trying to gamble and it didn't pay off. And so he had to work his way through the field in the pre-final. And then again, in the main, uh, got lucky when, uh, when pole sitter Cameron Myers and somebody else got together. So he took the lead from there and kind of walked away again to another big lead. So, uh, four wins for, for mayor. Uh, definitely puts him at at the top of the championship chase there. Well, and just on, on the micro level, uh, coast to coast, you know, he's just he's he's done it in WK racing, he's done it in Scusa racing, he did it in the Florida competitions. Uh, ben Mayer, definitely a kid that we're going to be watching over the next handful of years. But uh, yeah, one of the top micro drivers in the country. Yeah, no so uh, and Adam Brickley was able to do uh, runner up finishes to um, to Mayer on his nitro cart. So another hometown driver getting uh, uh, two runner up finishes is another good performance. Uh, Danny Dislaski, another hometown driver, but uh, you know he's the one that you see at all the big events throughout the year. Uh, he was able to finish third on Saturday, and yeah. then finishing third on Sunday was uh, Spencer Conrad. He was one of the four t- four nitro carts in the top five uh, on Sunday, with uh, Miles Murray being the fourth. Damn, he laid laid down a beating at the home track for sure. Good job for Nick Tucker and the whole uh, nitro kart family. Impressive, nice job. Now. Uh, you talked about Danny Dazelski. Uh, he really did step it up in Yamaha Sportsman as well, plus a couple of cool things happening in, in the Sportsman class as well. Yeah, he did. Um, we had our regular uh, contenders, actually the two guy, two drivers who won last year at, at GoPro, Annie Rule and Thomas Schrage. Uh, both, both came away with victories last year. Neither of them were able to walk away with a victory this time around with Danny winning both days, both in the wet and the dry. So uh, Danny was able to pick up a couple of big wins for him uh, on Saturday. It was Annie Rule and Paige Crawford uh, rounding out the podium to put uh, two female drivers on the podium there. Uh, Crawford, like Crawford came back on, on Sunday in the dry, gave Danny a lot of pressure. They kind of went back and forth on the last lap, uh, but she just came up short in a, in a, in a great photo finish uh, with uh, Thomas uh, finishing third to get his podium for the day. Nice. I like seeing the two uh, two young ladies in the podium. I think that's great. Two great drivers, too, Andy Rule and Paige Crawford. I've watched them both race, and I think they both have a lot of talent. I think it's great. I, I'd like to see them continue to develop, uh, obviously just in the junior sportsman category at this point. Look forward to seeing them uh, bump up uh, and potentially, we'll see down the road, maybe running in uh, in the X30 junior category. Uh, David, a couple more categories to wrap up here for the race report brought to you by Miami USA. Uh, you had mentioned earlier local option category added. Uh, the Briggs 206 class really has been kind of a big program at Mooresville over the last couple of years. Really provides that that good connection to the rental fleet. The guys that come out to run the rental carts, rental pro carts, get them to jump into the 206s. A lot of 206 cadets as well at the at the, at the track and their local club series. Talk about what happened in, in Briggs 206 cadet as the local option category as part of the, this weekend's Manufacturers Cup race. 
Well, again, kind of like we talked about before, the the Briggs engine is actually their their kind of beginner engine rather than the Yamaha. So it's something that they've looked at. You know, if if they're not quite ready for an IAMI, they throw them in a Briggs. So there there seems to be a lot of uh, young drivers starting out in the Briggs. But again, with with the ability to go to multiple classes, you had a lot of the guys that are in micro or mini racing in the Briggs 206 class. So it was a good mix of, of some local talent and some some national drivers we see uh, from weekend to weekend. But this time around, it was local driver Sam Corey uh, on board the Tony Kart, winning both days, both in the wet and the dry. Uh, on Saturday, he was able to beat out uh, Hunter Yeni and Sebastian NG for the podium. And then Sunday, it was a great battle between Corey and uh, one of our Briggs and Stratton weekly racing series top 10 drivers, Bree Miller. Uh, on the to- on the top cart, those two kind of went back and forth, uh, but Corey was able to beat her out at the line, uh, and then Ben, ben Mayer coming back from his wreck on Sunday or Saturday to uh, to complete the podium on Sunday. Nice, I like that. Now let's cap off the uh, the race reports with Kid Cart. I know something cool. They're back with the Manufacturers Cup as a championship class. Detail that a little bit and tell us which drivers were able to to grab first time wins. Yeah, the category was brought back on uh, after a request from a number of uh, obviously parents that uh, wanting to to bring their kids to uh, to the Manufacturers Cup series. It's something we saw a few years back when we weren't going track side with WKA that they had the kid cart class there as a championship class. Ben Mayer was one of them. Caleb Graffar was another one of them. Uh, Sebastian NG was another. So we, so some of these kids now that we're seeing in micro and mini, uh, they got their start in the kid cart category at the manufacturer's cup series. So it's something that, uh, that WKA brought back on with, by the request of some parents and to, to help further grow the program. Because again, if you get them started at the kid cart level, they can work their way up to micro and mini rather than trying to get them early on in micro. Uh, yeah. For, for me yeah. personally, you know, I, I, you know, I have my thoughts on, on kid carts being at a national, but uh, you know, those kids that were there this weekend had a great time. You, know, you always see them running around on the grid bef- with their helmets on, trying to talk to each other. And it's, you know, it's still, it's still fun to watch these little guys go around and it's just, it's kind of nerve wracking though, because you're not quite sure what's going to happen to them out on the racetrack and, and the wet conditions on Saturday definitely threw them uh, a curveball. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, the two drivers able to win on the weekend, uh, Chase Grow and Sam Twitweiler, uh, both becoming uh, first time WK winners, obviously with the class coming back and them uh, never being to a WK Manufacturers Cup Series event. Well, there you have it. That's the race report brought to you this particular episode by IAMI USA. David, let's quickly move in here as we wrap up this particular episode of the debrief, the EKN Trackside Live race calendar brought to you by the Mazda Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. April 6th, 7th, and 8th, just uh, what, a week and a half away, the USPKS, the United States Pro Kart Series, kicking off the 2018 season at the Ocala Grand Prix Circuit down in Central Florida. That should be an exciting event. We know that everybody's getting pumped up to go USPKS racing. One week later, uh, April 13th, 14th, 15th, I will mention that David Cole will be with uh, Tim Coyan doing the play-by-play. We'll have that, of course, on EKN on the live page, uh, the live play-by-play. Then David and I will re-hook up and head out to Sim Raceway Performance Karting Center for some awesome racing and a, a couple trips to In-N-Out. It's the Challenge of the Americas on April 13th, 14th, 15th. David, pretty excited about that one? 
in and out, baby. That's all. Uh, that's all you had to say was in and out. I'm, I'm ready to know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go see Andy and the crew and and get back there. Should be a good one. They're expecting a uh, hundred plus. Is that uh, series the new Rock Cup series with Challenge of the Americas continues to grow? Again, that's at the Sim Raceway Performance Carning Center in Sonoma, April thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Three weeks later, we go back at it. Scusa Pro Tour style. The Spring Nationals, May 4th, 5th, and 6th, move now to the Phoenix Kart Racing Association. We're going to see the introduction of the pushback bumper in the IAMI categories. That should be interesting as Supercarts USA moves for their second round of the three event, actually third and fourth round of the second event of their three event pro tour. A couple weeks later, David Cole uh, will hook back up with Eric Brennan as they head on May 18th, 19th, 20th to the WK Manufacturers Cup Series at Pittsburgh International Race Complex in Wampum, Pennsylvania. David, that's the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar brought to you by the Mazda Road Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. We'll be live uh, at all of those events. I'll be at two. You'll be at all four, as I'm heading to a couple of Mazda Road Indy events myself. Um, but uh, we got a busy run coming uh, with a number of events. I'm doing the IndyCar race at Barber, the IndyCar race at uh, the Indy Road Course, and, of course, the Freedom 100 and the Indianapolis 500. I'm super excited about doing that again this year. Uh, let's wrap it up, David. We got about one minute. Uh, cold, crappy, muddy, <laughs> but the bottom line was the racers were all challenged, and they'll be better for it. Exactly. Uh, you you, you kind of took my line. I was going to end it with cold, wet, muddy, with a with an end of sunshine <laughs> uh, to close out the weekend. But uh, you know, it was yeah, like again, like we opened up. It was a challenging weekend for not only the drivers but the mechanics and, and the staff. So uh, it, it was good to overcome. And again, no red flags. Nobody was hurt seriously. There weren't. There was a lot of uh, great racecraft. There wasn't a lot of poor racecraft. And, and the numbers were solid and it was a safe weekend. So that, I mean, that's really all you can ask for. You know what, as you were laying that out, my mind saying, you know what, clicking off all the boxes, right? Good racing. I love first time winners. A lot of guys, their first podiums, uh, you know, it was a tough weekend, you know, with the weather and everything, but just overall good, safe, clean racing. You know, that's, that's awesome. And you got a lot of local guys coming out to race, as you said, in a number of categories. That's really all you could ever hope for in a WKA manufacturer, a Manufacturer's Cup race. So kudos to WKA and, of course, the staff of putting that together. David, any any final words as we wrap up here today? You sure you don't want to trade? I'll, I'll do your schedule. You want to do mine? I mean, I, I don't mind you my schedule, what? but that Indy 500 there at the end sounds great. You know, dude, listen, from where I am, you can't see anything. I'm on pit lane. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm thrilled to be able to be on pit lane for IndyCar radio for my third Indianapolis 500. Uh, I'm excited about that. And again, just some great race, some great karting events we get to go to as well, which I'm jacked yeah. up about challenging the Americas. Excuse yeah, I, I mean, I get fun. to four different type of four different series. I get to go to in the next four races. So it's, it'll be, it'll you know be what? interesting to see. That's awesome. That's awesome. And hopefully Folks, everybody look at the at the website. We're going to start rolling out some of our, our new article series, uh, The Art of Racecraft. Read them. Read them to your kids. Get this feeling of what racecraft's all about. That was a, you know, a big talking point for me at Texas. I'm sure, David, you talked to a lot of people. A lot of parents came up to me and thanked me for writing that article. And, and, and that made me feel great because the concept is just to try to change the culture a little bit. Let's just race better. Let's race cleaner. Let's have more respect for each other. And let's make this a time in karting where people look back and go, wow, there was a shift in the mindset, shift in the culture, and we had some awesome racing. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be great. 
There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done. This is the 19th episode of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving his full breakdown of the WK Manufacturers Cup race from GoPro, uh, GoPro Motorplex, that event, of course, in late March. Uh, thank you so much for listening here to the EKN Radio Network, or if you're listening to it live on the network, or you've downloaded it later in the week when we get it up on uh, on iTunes. Thank you. We appreciate it. If you're listening on iTunes, do us a favor. Get in there and give us a rating. Give us a five-star rating. The best that will help us spread the news. Just give us a rating. And, of course, as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Send us an email. Jump on uh, on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to have your feedback on the, both the ECAN Radio Network and on our podcast. Otherwise, we are done for this particular edition of The Debrief. On behalf of David Cole, this has been Rob Howden. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. <laughs>